Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> So we despised all of the men in this film, right? Like, at best, they're mediocre. They're horrible. But yes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, glad we're on the same page on that. Yeah, there's nobody, <laughs> like, I don't know, horrendous, I guess. They're all just annoying. Yeah. Uh, is it Stuart or Stu or whatever? He, ugh. The guy that is trying to take her job. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, we're covering Drag Me to Hell. Oh, right. Sorry. We are. <laughs> I have COVID, so I'm not... I'm I'm out of it as fuck right now, but the brain fog, man. But yeah, we have talk. We're talking about Drag Me to Hell. Um, a weird fucking movie. I really should have known what to expect because I knew Sam Raimi and I knew like it was kind of a bananas movie. But I was still, we'll get to it. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting what I got, and I don't know if that's yeah. in a good way or a bad way yet. <laughs> it's one of those like we'll see as it unfolds yeah we also watched it i feel bad but like we did watch it technically like last week so like i have i have very little recollection i'm going through my notes and i'm so confused so if you loved this movie i'm sorry this is not gonna do it justice but i just this movie's so weird it has a lot happening it's i just, was going through my own notes it's just a lot going and, on yeah and, like, having watched it and be, been the one writing the notes, I'm like, I don't remember why I wrote this word here. I have no idea. But I have notes. So, Drag Me to Hell is made in 2009. It was directed and co-written by Sam Raimi and his brother, Ivan Raimi. Um, hmm. Apparently, Ivan does other stuff. Like, writes other stuff hmm. with him randomly. He co-wrote. The uh, no, I think he also he just wrote it himself. He did the adaptation of a comic book of one of Raimi's movies. I don't know which one. Uh, but Sam Raimi, he did Spider-Man trilogy, obviously. Evil Dead. Uh, he did the new Doctor Strange. He also produced Cena Warrior Princess. Oh, mm -hmm. he's done know that. a ton of stuff. This is just the stuff I wrote down. This is how it is for all of the people involved, as they all have done a ton of stuff. Besides his brother, who is now just, he's actually just a doctor. He's an emergency physician in Chicago. What? Yeah. Okay. But he still writes. Go Ivan? Yeah. So he still writes every now and then, but for the most part, it literally said it was like, does not have very many Hollywood credits due to his main job, doctor. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. I would love for him to be like with a patient though and be like, hold on, my other job is yeah, calling. Yeah, I know, right? And they're like, excuse me? It's just him talking to Sam Raimi about when... Doctor yep. Strange. <laughs> um, the cinematography was Peter Deming, which we've talked about before because he did Evil Dead 2, um, mm. which, like, I, I, we didn't cover Evil Dead 2, but he works with Sam Raimi a lot. Uh, he also did My Cousin Vinny, Scream 2 and 3, Mulholland Drive, Cabin in the Woods, and Austin Powers, the, f <laughs> the first one and the third. So I don't know what happened for the second. 
He was probably off being a doctor. I don't know. I know it's not the same person, but now to me, they all moonlight they as all doctors. They all moonlight as doctors, <laughs> as is the way. Okay. The music was Christopher Young. Also did Hellraiser, The Grudge, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, and Pet Cemetery. A bunch mm. more. Both of these people, cinematography and the guy who did the music, they both have done the shit ton of stuff. This is just, again, I just wrote down the ones I know. Um... I don't have a ton of facts. I feel like I should, but I have one funny one that made me laugh. If you've seen it, which Kate, I hope you have. The movie. Okay. First, I'll say the budget. So the budget was thirty million. Oh. Do you know how much it made? Uh, uh, forty million. Ninety point eight. <laughs> okay. Described as a all box right. office success. Shit. All right. I okay. Totally surprised. I, if, like I said, if this is your favorite movie, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to shit on it. I just have questions. <laughs> Concerned parties have questions. I have a lot of thoughts. So, it made $90.8 Worldwide. Shit. I mean, that's, you know, for its whole run. Yeah. But still. So, here's the fun fact that made me laugh. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, Raimi... Wanted this movie to be PG-13, not R, unlike his other films, because he said, I don't want this movie to be strictly driven by gore. What? <laughs> okay. So if you've seen the film, what drove it then? <laughs> I'm very confused. Um, Maybe he doesn't consider multiple types of bodily fluids as gore. I mean... I'll give him that. There's not a lot of blood in the movie. <laughs> More than enough mucus to make up for it. Yeah, there's a lot of everything. I just... Yeah. Whatever, sir. I Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like Sam Raimi quite a bit. The new Doctor Strange, that movie kicks ass, and I hate Marvel. So, listen. What, though? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> what drove it? I don't care. My next fun fact... <laughs> the movie took 10 years to get made not like production wise just like 10 years to get picked up and then made eventually do you want to know why yes because sam raimi was making spider-man oh my god he wrote this with his brother 10 years before it got made and they were like let's get it made and then right away as he was trying to get it made they started doing spider-man and he was like oh actually i can't and so he tried to get um, another famous director. Hold on, because it was really funny. He tried to get someone to do it for him, and the person said no. <laughs> and I thought it was very funny. Oh, Edgar Wright. So he tried to get Ed Edgar Wright to pick it up and make it for him while he was doing Spider-Man, and Edgar said no, because then it'll just be like doing karaoke. Because oh, it's not his movie. Oh, my God. He was like... Yeah. So he said no. And so Sam had to wait 10 years because of Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Can you believe that Spider-Man 3 kept us from seeing this film? Wow. I, now I really just want a lot of crossover fan art of any character from Drag Me to Hell and Spider-Man just looking smug as fuck. I know. I... I I can't say that I'm upset it took this long. I I just don't know how I feel about it yet. That's that's it. 
Those are my notes. I didn't yeah. have a lot. It just there wasn't a lot really um, on like production. They had some stuff for casting, but I was like, mm. eh, not that interested. I was surprised there wasn't more on like special effects. Um, but then again, oh yeah, again. Oh wait, there is a section for effects. But in my defense, I am ill, so. <laughs> Uh, I read that the last scene, you know, takes mm-hmm. place in, like, a train station. And Raimi, when he wrote that scene, thought that all train stations had, like, a much higher platform than the tracks. And then when they actually got on location, he was like, fuck, these tracks are, like, even. And so they had to, like, oops, make that effect because he didn't understand how trains work. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who I can't us? say I do. Apparently, there's some actually like, cool facts about lighting that I just skipped over. But a, learn on your own, everybody. It's yeah. a DIY episode. <laughs> Love I it. Can't. <laughs> We're encouraging the youth. Yeah. And then, if I had to summarize this movie, <laughs> a woman curses a young girl, and then that girl spends the rest of the movie getting everything in her mouth. That's, I yeah. There you could not be more accurate. I know other stuff happened. I know that there's like a button, and I just could not discuss anything other than the things that go in this poor girl's mouth. An eyeball, mucus, bugs, pus, uh, embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. The woman's Ugh. gums. She just sucks on her chin yeah. for a while. Yeah. There's just yeah. nothing good happens to this poor girl. No. But that is... Oh, man. That's my summary. I'm intrigued to hear what the real one is. All right. Rotten Tomatoes came through for mm-hmm. us. I'm not mad about this summary, actually. I mm. think it's pretty good. Uh, so Christine Brown has a loving boyfriend and a great job at a Los Angeles bank. But her heavenly life becomes hellish when, in an effort to impress her boss, she denies an old woman's request for an extension on her home loan. In retaliation, the crone places a curse on Christine, threatening her soul with eternal damnation. Christine seeks a psychic's help. Seeks a psychic's That's help. That's hard. <laughs> that is so hard. Uh, seeks a psychic's help to help. Nope. To break the curse. There it is. <laughs> but the price. <laughs> I should have just kept going. I did it right the first time, but then I had to comment on how difficult it was. And it's too stop. hard. It's too hard. Uh, but the price to save her soul may be more than she can pay. I. That's not a bad one. That's not bad. They really captured all of it, I think. Um, they really played into, like, the heaven-hell imagery. Yeah, they sure the do. Du- like, the duality. She is very, like, pristine and cutesy, which is good. I mean, that's funny. Because then she murders her cat. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. That moment where she's at the in- or potential in-law's yeah. house, and he mentions, like, a cat. And she's like, oh, I had a cat. And he's like, had. And, like, the length of time that she is silent and stares at him, and she's like, she's like, cats come and go. How I be expected? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the length of time that you waited. <laughs> I'll give it that. <gasps> the movie is funny sometimes. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll get into it. My notes yeah, don't make we'll any get sense. Into it. And I'm sure had I watched this, if, we had, if I had watched this more recent and I also wasn't sick, I probably would have better opinions. Maybe we'll have a whole section of redo episodes. 
Um, uh, I have like two primary memories of this movie, and it's jump scare hankies and combat staplers. Yes, yes. Like those are just the things. That's pretty much also what I had. So, yeah, I <sighs> let's get into it. I'm excited to see what you let's are gonna to cover. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you could. I I hope it's bodily fluids. You know what? It actually is connected to bodily fluids in a way. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. I'm queen Let's, of bodily okay. fluids this week. Again, eh? I'm ill. <laughs> in case it wasn't clear. I'm leaving the coughs in so people know. So people know that COVID's still real, even though someone at work tried to tell me it wasn't. What? Sorry. Yeah. So send a picture yeah. of me right now crying. Yeah. Uh, we had, like, one of our messages saying, like, hey, like, demand, or not demand, but um, volume is super high right now, and also COVID, and, like, we're short-staffed, and they were, like, I would admonish you to remove that, because COVID is not a thing anymore, and I was, like, literally a third of our staff has COVID, <laughs> my coworker's baby has COVID, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This, that's ridiculous. Speaking uh-huh. of someone who tried to eat a banana, my favorite fruit last night. <laughs> Listen, no, this makes sense. Speaking of someone who tried to eat a banana last night, and that's my favorite fruit, and it almost made me want to throw up because it tastes so bad now. COVID's real, and it oh. sucks, and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I can taste nothing. <laughs> Ugh. I feel like there were articles that said that you can, like, if it doesn't return on its own, which almost always it does return on its own, but some people have been, like, taste training their way back with, like, spicy stuff. I mean, that's all I can really taste is salty and spicy things. So, like, but, like, it's just a bummer because I don't want to eat. Yeah. I have, like, absolutely no desire to eat. All I've had today is an apple granola bar, and both of them were just not good. Ugh. It's gross. That's miserable. But... That's whatever. It's fine, but it's real. So fuck that person. It's real. That's insane. Indeed. All right, cover bodily fluids. Let's talk about bodily Please. fluids. So we knew what to expect when we picked a Raimi movie, more or less. But I was still shocked by like just the sheer squick factor, the squeamish ick, like how much. <laughs> uh, it was a running gag that any time there was a gross bodily substance, it would spurt into Christine's mouth as you uplifted. Uh, and then when she just geysers blood at her boss, he's wailing, did it get in my mouth? And so That's aside from the fact that it's Raimi. <laughs> one of my favorite parts. Where, yeah, she like runs out the door, blood spurting through and her face. And she's just and fine. She's just like. They just. like, And everyone lets her go. They're like, oh my God, the boss, did he get blood on his tie? Is it in his mouth? And she's like, I'm going to go lose a leader now. She like, she has blood coming out of her nose like an anime. Like, you know, in animes, when they yeah. see a sexy girl and their noses, yep. just, that's what she did. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Continue. So aside from, like, the gratuitous body of fluids being Raimi's style, I wanted to take a closer look at disgust as an emotion. It's used in horror and ties to empathy. So Interesting. let us start off. Yeah, I mean, I, my neighbors and yeah. <laughs> I was on my porch, like, writing Nerd Corner, and my neighbors were outside, and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm writing about disgust and empathy. And they were like, what? And I was like, never mind. <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> no, they're actually very kind. They are very kind. Uh, <clears throat> so let's start off with the definition. 
what is disgust? So uh, Oxford English Dictionary says, a feeling of revulsion or strong disapproval aroused by something unpleasant or offensive. So now that we all know what disgust True. is. Me eating that uh, banana. There are... <laughs> disgust? Yeah. God, that's just so heartbreaking to think of, like, sadly eating a banana, you know? You know I love bananas. I love bananas. I know how much, you, with your banana tattoo. I love bananas. It's not fair. It tastes, it tasted Ugh. like if you, I'm sorry, not to just detract, but speaking of disgusting, it tasted like um, uh, medicine. Like if you had NyQuil, but it was banana flavored. Oh, when I was, uh, one of the many times I was sick as a child, I had this, like, really chalky white uh liquid so that i had to take i don't remember what it was for but it was like a 10-day course or something and it was like very thick and it was kind of grainy and it had no flavor and you could get flavor added and so when we went to the pharmacist we were like can you please make it strawberry and they were like i'm sorry like we already filled it out like we can't add the flavor now it is hands down like i've taken so many medications like in my sickly child it was the worst thing i've ever had in my mouth ever god Ew. Yeah. So yeah, disgusting yeah. things. And now how does that uh-huh. tie to empathy? <laughs> <laughs> I empathize that you had to take that. That's that's it. That's all I nerd got it. <laughs> We can really feel Christine's pain I, when the eyeball goes in her I mouth. I get it now. Yeah. Who among us has not? No. So there are a lot of theories of disgust. And the most popular is that disgust can be protective. So we see a bodily fluid and we're like, no, thanks, not today. And that can protect us against contagions in said bodily fluid. But there are also theories linking fear and disgust. And if one occurs before the other or if they occur simultaneously, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So when one is elicited but not the other or like what order they come in, that sort of thing. So the first theory to cover is fear first. And it's as simple as fear occurs and then we feel disgust. (laughs) True. Pretty straightforward. This is true. (laughs) It is fear first. And then there's the opposite, the aversion genesis model. Mm -hmm. In this model, we feel disgust and then see any movement of the object of our disgust as threatening. So there's the fear component after the disgust. Yeah. So this article that I was like looking into used uh, fear of bugs as like its core. Core bugs. And so it was saying like, if you get spooked by like how many legs a centipede has, like I do, then any twitch of any of those legs incites fear. I'm speaking maybe from personal experience. I really hate sudden beats. <laughs> They're gross. I love bugs. But yeah. even those, I'm like, those are my limit. That and praying mantises. I respect everything with eight legs and fewer. Yeah. I have no respect for sudden beats. I love, like millipede like the big long i can deal with that it's the house centipedes that have the like those guys uh i love rats i swear this is related but every now and then when like i one of my friends had a rat and its whiskers twitched and i screamed because it reminded me of centipede legs i oh that's how i am with praying mantises anything that looks like a praying mantis makes me want to absolutely scream i saw one the other day at camp it was on the ground and a kid went so cool and i was like don't, don't, don't make me look at that. No, no, no. That's fair. That's fair. Ooh. Gross. Uh, so maybe this is actually the horror model then yeah. for your fear of 
praying mantises. So I'm going to use a direct quote from the Psychology Today article because it was written really well. So the article, as mentioned, examined fear and disgust through the lens of insects. So, quote, the horror model maintains that sometimes neither fear nor disgust is a sufficient description. Upon encountering a cockroach, we may perceive that there is no escape physically or psychologically. If we take flight, fear entails removing ourselves from the object and leave the room, the creature will remain in our kitchen. And if we try to step on the insect, disgust entails removing the object from our presence, the creature is likely to evade us. Even if we succeed in crushing it with the attendant slippery gooiness and stale urine stench, we know that there is never a single cockroach. The term for such fear-imbued disgust is horror, the sense of being repulsed without being able to distance ourselves in body or mind. Yes. Does that capture how you feel about praying mantises? Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, you, it's like the thought of a centipede is enough. Like, I cannot distance it from my mind, even if it's distant from my body. No. They're always near. Ugh. Yeah, they're always near, right here. Oh. Uh, so, oh my God, okay. I, ooh, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I walked out my front door. I was minding my own fucking business. I was checking my tomato plants and something dropped from the door frame onto my arm. It was a centipede. That's bad luck. And I screamed <laughs> and it fell and it ran away. And then I didn't go outside for a long time. Oh, that happened one time when I was going home. There was a giant praying mantis on our door. And mm-mm, I just was like, well, mm-mm. I'm not going in. I guess. So I didn't. I guess I live outside now. I went somewhere else. I was like, I don't need to be home. Yeah. I hate them. Ooh. When they're small, at least I can get away. But when they're yeah, big, yeah. I just don't want, I just don't want them around yeah. me <laughs> ever. Yep. Yep. This is fair. So we can get into different tiers of emotional distress in relation to horror and how people define or rate them. So Stephen King has a three-tier system broken down into revulsion, horror, and terror. Revulsion is disgust. Yes. A gooey thing goos everywhere and it squicks us out. King says this is the lowest form of fear, but it's damn effective. Franchises like Saw and Hostel are very clear examples of how effective and lucrative it can be to, like, uh, capture yeah, that. I'm like Saw 10 or something. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, horror is the graphic portrayal of the unbelievable. That was a direct quote. So to me, it would be like the creature in the ritual or someone levitating in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Our brains are desperately trying to make sense of this thing that refuses to fit into any of our schemas or boxes or categories. Yeah. We fear what we do not understand. Yeah. Terror is the highest tier. That's when less is more and nothing is scarier. You give someone something to question or consider, and they'll create a creature or a fate worse than you could create for them. Imagination creates the horror. Mm-hmm. So he sees a tiered system, and here is a quote of his preferred methods. I recognize terror as the finest emotion, so I will try to terrorize the reader. But if I find that I cannot terrify, I will try to horrify. And if I find that I cannot horrify, I'll go for the gross at. I'm not proud. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes you just have to do it. Right? And if you've read Stephen King, you know this to be true. Sometimes he goes right for the gross. Yeah. And if you've watched any Sam Raimi horror film, you know that he leans on this as well. well. He doesn't want to drive with just gore. No, he would never <laughs> drive with gore. That would never be the driving force in any no, of his no, films. No, 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 no. <laughs> so this in itself is not inherently a critique. He created a movie that accomplishes what he wanted it to do. He wanted to shock people and gross them out and then shock people again And he wanted people to be shocked that the premise is just as straightforward as we thought that it couldn't be. So this is where I want to dig into what he uses to evoke disgust. Mm -hmm. 
So there are a lot of different things. We've talked about the bodily fluids, but I want to start a little bit sooner than the bodily fluids. So the first one is age. The woman has to be old. Maybe that was also an empathy move. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're supposed to view the elderly as a protected class. But the U.S. isn't really known for respecting or caring for their elderly like other nations. So it's I'm more likely to classify this as a disgust maneuver rather than an empathetic one. We fear aging. We get creeped out by just, I don't want to say the ravages of age, but just the things that change when you age. And then the next element that you see when the old woman walks in is illness. As mentioned earlier, a lot of folks say that disgust is rooted in fear of contagion and that it originated as a protective emotion. Sylvia Ganesh is phlegmy. She's coughing. She takes out her dentures. All of this is accentuated with the juiciest foley I've heard in a while. I wrote that down. Yeah, I was like, I know we're going to talk about juicy foley. There's no way around this. Oh, And while there are moments that, oh no, then there are moments <laughs> that Sylvia does not follow cultural norms. She makes a scene in the bank. She kneels and kisses the hem of Christine's skirt. And she also bites, but that's a bit later. Yeah. So we're discomfited by the violation of these norms. And as the scene in the bank develops, we are uncomfortable and disgusted. After the bank scene, the disgust becomes less centered on Sylvia's more... Hmm. What was I writing? Oh, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Slow head tilt, looks at sentence <clears throat> again. Okay. Uh, after the bank scene, the disgust becomes less centered on her physical reality and becomes more focused on Igor, flies in improbable orifices, and just so much dead juice. And to be clear, dead juice includes the worm slash maggot cocktail from the nightmare as well as embalming fluid vomit. So gross. Mm-hmm. In true Sam Raimi fashion, the levels of strange gore and eye-popping increase exponentially as the film goes on. Yes. So I'm more interested in looking at those more personal early examples, however. Like, the eyes and all that stuff, that's pretty common, like, across his films. Like, he just does that. But when Christine is making her decision whether to be ruthless and go for the promotion or risk a promotion by offering a third extension, Mm -hmm. what is she making that judgment call on? So at this point, we've been primed to empathize with Christine. Mm -hmm. She's listening to dialect tapes on her way to work because she's uh, insecure about her accent. She's damn good at her job, but being overlooked because hello, sexism. And her partner's mother is classist as hell and doesn't think she's good enough for her doctor son. So Christine is painted as this loving creature trying to succeed in an unkind world. And then an elderly woman walks in with more phlegm than is likely to be contained in a single person. so much. So every physical trait about Sylvia is meant to evoke disgust. How does that impact empathy? Well, according to a study where they used fart smells to test disgust and empathy, uh, in many cases when we're exposed to unpleasant stimuli, we feel less warmly to marginalized members of society. (laughs) Seriously. Oh my god. They had people in two rooms. One room had a fart odor, like piped in, and the other had no pumped in odor. Just natural room smell. The people in each room were asked to rate how warmly they viewed certain marginalized members of society, like gay men, and the people in the fart room had less favorable opinions of those hypothetical gay men than people who weren't sniffing shit fumes. Oh my god. So, when we're given all of this stimuli that is meant to evoke disgust, how does that impact our ability to empathize with Sylvia? If she wasn't using a hanky just drenched with mucus, if she wasn't othered as being Romani, if she wasn't elderly and poor, how would we engage with the premise differently? Mm -hmm. And then this question leads to another. Who's the protagonist? 
So some folks would say ultimately Sylvia is the victim despite Christine's leading lady status. Christine's the main character, but is she the protagonist? There are also very split opinions on whether she deserved her fate. For the record, Raimi says she didn't. Uh, His direct quote is, I feel the poor girl was overpunished, as it happens in life sometimes. It's a morality tale. She did do the wrong thing, but holy cow, give her a break. (laughs) Even he was like, I shouldn't put more things in her mouth. He's like, but what if I did? uh, (laughs) Oops. Uh, So I... Again, like, I know this is a horror comedy. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting to, like, consider the interplay between disgust, fear, and empathy. And, like, this isn't really a scary movie. It has some jump scares. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's more playing on, like, preconceived notions and societal norms. Yeah. And how we react to bodily fluids. Badly. And how our... Yeah. We... In short, we react badly. And how empathy can be impacted by said bodily fluids. Interesting. So that's society. That's very interesting. Because, like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say that just her bodily uh, fluids and nastiness made me not like her. Because she also does attack her in the car. So it's like, (laughs) she also does (laughs) do that. Oh, yeah. She but, does brutally attack someone. But, you know, also. Um, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I I feel like I agree with Sam that the girl was overpunished 100%. Oh, yeah. But also, I'm like, yeah, she is kind of a shit at the end there. Not a shit, but like, <laughs> I don't know. She gets desperate. She kills her cat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, girl. She kills her cat. And it doesn't even do Man, anything. Was... Like, uh. Oh, at one point, the um, Lamia is like, you think I wanted your kitten? And it vomits up a dead cat. And I'm like, why? It's like, disgusting. She's also just like, oh, I love my cat. And it's just like, <laughs> so gross. Yup. Um, so that's disgusting. Speaking mm-hmm. of disgusting, I guess I can get to my notes now at this point. <laughs> I, my notes are mostly just about how gross it was. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that I had taken better notes, but again, I didn't. And I'm sorry, everybody. Someday, maybe a redo. <laughs> uh, <sighs> the Great Transylvanian Bite-Off, they did like a revamp yes. of their scales, remember? We could do the same thing we'll later. We'll have to revamp this one someday, and I can get better, I don't know, better notes. Because the only effects that I looked at that were interesting to me at the time were the sounds. But, like, the lighting was really good. I just went over my head, apparently, for this one. I don't know why. It does start off a tiny bit racist, as is the way. <laughs> yep, the slurs against Romani folks Ooh. is uh, rough. It's rough. So, immediately, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. So, got that. Um, I did love the dramatic hand shooting up from the darkness. In, um, like, in the beginning, because I was like, all right, Sam. Uh-huh. <laughs> all I right, see. Sam, you scam. You scam. <laughs> Everybody in that moment was like, should I watch Evil Dead? <laughs> um, also, I said that I hope the men die first, which, like, duh. I do like that they consistently make the men not terrible, just kind of, like, incompetent a little bit. Like, like the guys at the They're... bank are truly just stupid. Like... <laughs> 
they're mundane yes. evil. They're like not existentially evil, but they're just the everyday bad. Same with like or mediocre. Yeah, like same with the boyfriend. Like he's not mean yeah. to her. Like he's supportive, but he's also just like I don't know if I believe this and but you know like he's never like above and beyond a good person. He's just mm-hmm. like eh, whatever. Um, very few men in this are helpful in any way. Um, we already talked about it, but I absolutely do like the sound effects. It's so oh, God. gooey and gross and disgusting. It's so moist. This is like <laughs> like the op- not opposite, but like two different ends of good sound effects. Because I feel like on one end, you've got uh, Annihilation, where everything is like oh. thought out and very meticulous and so realistic and beautiful. And then you've got on this end of the spectrum with this one where everything is just way overdone, but in a way that's like funny because it has to be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, both good, both so different. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, oh, I yeah. just want people to know that like, just because I think the Annihilation sound like design is top tier doesn't mean that this isn't also top tier. It's just top tier on a different end. <laughs> because it's very good it's a different type of sound it's very good it's disgusting but like that's the point so like yeah that's good stuff i don't know what they i'm always intrigued to see like what they use to create the sounds like in real life like in the studio Mm. i'm just intrigued but be fun yeah um they do have some fun jump scares like with the hanky love to see it um they have some like you know ones that are like Ooh, what are they gonna do and then like nothing happens mm-hmm. and you're like all right like <laughs> mm-hmm, a few good mm-hmm. ones like that uh we love a stapler fight I, oh, we love they a had stapler a, fight. they had a lot of like like uh what's the word i'm looking for not it's like unusual like uh fights or like weapons like uh, unconventional? unconventional just a lot of unconventional yeah. like fighting in a way like it's just i don't know it's just so interesting when she gums her chin i've seen that scene before i knew it was coming because i had watched somebody be like oh i'm showing them my favorite scene in a horror movie and it was that scene and i was like what the fuck yeah (laughs) that's when i realized that this movie was gonna be just a campy weird mess yeah i didn't the chin gumming has like the same place in my head as the The snake yeah (laughs) it's like and like one of them is very much like for comedy and i feel like yeah you know it's again two ends of the spectrum (laughs) you know Uh uh-huh when an old lady unhinges her jaw it can go one of two ways one of two ways (laughs) so you know when she really just gnaws on that chin it's pretty funny i think yeah i think for me so you know that like old comedy thing where it's like the first time it's like kind of funny and then it gets like overdone and then it's funny again Mm -hmm. i feel like this one unfortunately never went over the the little hump there like for me at least because it it went from like funny to overdone and then it unfortunately never went back over to funny for me i was like okay yeah okay i was like there's more things in her mouth okay (laughs) It's the rule of threes, right? Where, like, one, funny and shocking. Two, it's, like, again. And then three, it's, like, yeah, <laughs> funny it's again. It's very much, like, you have to, like, get that sweet balance. And it doesn't mm-hmm, mean that it's mm-hmm. not going to work for everybody. Because it probably will work for other people. I, personally, was just, like, 
okay. <laughs> I was like, what else are we going to put in this girl's mouth? And oh God. maybe I missed it, but I was hoping there would be like some sort of like knowledge of it. I was hoping she would just be like, here we go again. Like I really wanted her to acknowledge that like too many things were in her mouth. <laughs> She does that with her hair, but she doesn't do anything with the squirting of things into her mouth. At one point, she's like, that's the last time you get my hair. But she doesn't say anything about the numerous liquids. I wanted her to bring it up, like something. I was like, because this has really (laughs) happened. Um, I said she really just gummed up her little mouth. I don't know why I put little, but I did. Um, I said... I said, I'm uh, enjoying the spooky, I'm assuming I meant campy, because I wrote camping mm-hmm. music. <laughs> I think what I meant was campy music. They had very, like, spooky, you know, like that cliche, like, spooky yeah. music, but then the sound effects uh-huh. were disgusting, so it was, like, mixing together. Oh, yeah. To be so And gross. it had, like, the classic scare chords yes. and stuff. But, yep. like, the scary thing that was happening was, like, she had a bunch of embalming fluid in her mouth, like, you know? Or, like, Ugh. a really funny demon. I'm not saying funny, but... Well... He's kind of funny. <laughs> the goat. Just, just, yeah. It, like, shows up, and I was like, okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I think that's the point. So that's why it works. Yeah. Like, if this had been any other movies trying to take itself, like, super serious, I'd be like, this is awful. But it's Sam Raimi, and I knew what to expect. I think Mm -hmm. that Sam Raimi, I think, just has a thing of making movies you should watch with people. Because this is why we didn't, we didn't dislike Evil Dead. We just were like, oh, this would have been fun if I was with somebody. Mm Because I was watching it by myself and I was like, eh. But if I had watched it with somebody who was like, this is hilarious, then I probably would have had more fun. So... I think Sam Raimi just has a, a, a way of making movies that are meant for friends. Oh, yeah. Like, while I was watching, I was writing notes, imagining I was telling you my notes, and one of them was, like, she's a 10, but she's missing a button. Yeah, like, these are these are the jokes. Like, see, I need to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also wrote, this poor girl filming went through hell, no pun intended. Like, she truly just, like... <laughs> This girl was damp all her for just months. Like she uh, had to be. Yeah. Um, she had to be pruny. Yeah. You know? Um, I did like a lot of their close ups. They had some cool close up shots of like the fly and things. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Um when she the comedy, I will say, the comedy for some of it, like the physical comedy, is spot on. When she co- like is bleeding, her nose is just pouring blood and she covers it and immediately <laughs> it comes out her mouth. <laughs> It's very funny. Like, yeah, it mainly is. because you already know that that's not how bodies work. Her her nose should not have this much blood. You're already like, ha, oh, that's ridiculous. And then this joke does it well where it hits that ridiculous spot and goes over the top and back to funny when it, it just does the exact same amount of blood, but just out nope. of her mouth. It's not how bodies work. <laughs> it's like a cartoon when you cover something and it like, it's nope. incredible. And then, of course, when he says, did it get in my mouth? <laughs> As if it's not pouring out of hers. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So I will say the little throwaway jokes, they got me. They were good. When she's, <laughs> we already talked about it, but with the cat. With the fucking, <laughs> like. He's like, had a cat. And she just, like, dead, dead silence, just stares. <laughs> I don't know what cats come and go. 
<laughs> I can't control a cat. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, of time, and she has that face like, why would you ask me this question? Shit, fuck. <laughs> and it's just, she says it like, so like, not under her breath, but just in passing and fast. Like, don't embarrass me mm-hmm. in front of your parents right now. And it's like, you murdered your cat. Yeah. It's like, you silly man. <laughs> so they do a good job of taking something that should like, really upset me her murdering her cat but then she's just fucking hilarious yeah i'll give her that like (laughs) also like they have little tiny throwaway things that i don't even know how funny they're supposed to be but they killed me she has a fucking poster on her wall that says baby hang on with a cat on like Mm -hmm. like you see that that's a joke like that is like Mm -hmm. nobody oh yeah oh yeah they made her as cutesy as possible and can you imagine it's ridiculous murdering your cat and being attacked by a demon and you look at your poster and you go i will for you like <laughs> that's so if for st- nothing else but you poster it's cat so stupid and i love that <laughs> oh god um and i said the effects the effects are just special like there's some really interesting mm-hmm. green screening and i i don't care i loved it um <laughs> She's also, at this point, she's very, at the end, near the end, she's very worried about this goat that is about to be beheaded, as if she didn't Mm -hmm. just stab her cat, like, a million times. I know! I was like, babe, you grew up on a farm, like, you lived around animal slaughter, and, like, first of all, you already killed your kitten, second of all, you should be used to animals going to slaughter. Exactly. So that was funny. Um, my last note was just, let's go to talking. Are they going to, oh, they cut the head off. Yikes. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going through something Yikes there. Indeed. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all my notes. I At that point, it got so ridiculous. I like stopped so I could pay attention. And I still didn't take anything in, I swear. Um, I uh, have my typical, like, some, it's like, oh, I see these themes. Yeah. And then some of them were just like all caps, kitten vomit, you know? Right. Uh, so some of mine are like themes of shadow and corruption spreading mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. darkness along like white fabric. And so cool, it's like yeah. this very straightforward like uh, uh, decay tropes mm-hmm. with like all the bodily fluids, but then also corruption. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, pretty heavy-handed, but I respect it. Right. Uh, that was the point. Like, it wasn't, right. you know. Like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's okay that it's, it's like, simple. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we're going as hard with these themes as we are with the mucus. Yeah. So, and then uh, I love how it's, like, three days for the curse to develop, saying, like, first, you just see, like, a little bit of demons right. as a treat. And then, like, does this look like a demon to you? And then, what's up, fuckers, I'm here. <laughs> Where it's, like, those are the three levels of demon. Right. Uh, disgust, decay, refuse. Uh, oh, when she's talking about eggs and geese, I love her goose facts. Can the, I wanted the rest of the movie I to be her farm be, facts. I, I literally knew you were going to say this. I was like, <laughs> she's going to be so happy about this part. I was thinking, like, what a joy this movie would be if the rest of it was seriously them in the foyer and she just keeps saying, like, apropos of nothing, another farm fact. I would have been there for it, you know? I would have been intrigued. Uh, let's see. Elbow deep in someone's throat. We've all been that there. That was hilarious. <laughs> she yes. does that, and I was like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then when the woman has the ritual machete, I really did think it was like this nice little ergonomic wrist rest 
And then she like unfolds. I'm like, ah, Rachel Machete. Got it. Okay. Uh, And then we got a ghost party, but she's wasting her spirit juice being a bouncer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stomping on a hanky definitely destroys the spirit inside. Because she does that. She just like yeah. stomps on it and it's like, well, I give up now. <laughs> she was like, I can't. Uh, I've done all I can do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have given up my evil ways now. So uh, let's see. She can't get up out of the grave and the body gurgles up to dance with her. Uh, and then eternal damnation hinges on an assistant manager position at yes. a bank. Absolutely. So those are my notes from the movie. That's what I yeah, took from I it. I mean, there you go. I was, uh, I knew obviously that she was going to try to give it to that shitty guy at the bank. The button. Yeah. And I, I knew she probably wouldn't. And then I have, I knew. I was like, she's going to mix up and she's going to give it to her boyfriend. And he's going to be like, oh, bud. And honestly, yep. I was like, I know I should be like, oh, I'm so, that's so sad. I'm sorry. But I was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, Meh. he could go. I, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, God. I knew as soon as, like, she, like, lost her button envelope. I was like, it's going to be a switchy swap. Like, something's going to happen. Yes. And then it's like, ah, yes, the other envelope. Classic other. Because he even says something about, like, it in his car. And I was like, okay, so he's going to get the envelope. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. nothing about the movie is, like, surprising, really, besides all the fun gore, I will say. Sorry. Yeah. Not driven by gore. Not driven Disgust. by gore. Um, so, like, it's like, I feel about this movie, like, I felt about uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, which is like oh yeah it's good i had a fun time at the time but i will probably not think about it much like after except for like a very few moments where i was like oh that was funny that was good um i i think this one is more fun though i would have fun watching this one again with people this is a movie that i'd be like are you in the mood for something ridiculous i'll put this on yeah whereas i know what you did last summer i'd be like whatever um yeah but it is one of those ones where I'm like, that was good. It's gone now. Like, <laughs> we're done. Yep. yep. But I still enjoyed it. So I wish that I had more notes. I'd like to do this again. I'd like to, like, go back and watch it and see mm-hmm. what I didn't notice. Especially, like, I'm going to read those notes after about the lighting because I'm intrigued. Ooh. Um, I want to know. It was something about, like, a streetlight effect that they had and they ended up keeping oh. it throughout like the whole movie even inside because they just liked it so i'm intrigued huh so maybe we could record a special extra for the right? patrons on the lighting in this film yeah <laughs> we'll do like we'll do like a nice little uh oops we're fixing it <laughs> um delayed lights but that those are my notes for the most part i, I wish that i had noticed more about the effects because i especially makeup and like the obvious like gore effects and stuff are intriguing and i'd like to know how they did some of those because it looked very practical a lot of it looked practical not all of it obviously there are parts where people are flying Mm -hmm. where i'm like stop but (laughs) there was some effects with like the throw up and all that where i was like okay this is happening and i would love to see how you did it oh Um, god i think it's just so interesting especially when the embalming fluid was like pouring on her i was like what is that? <laughs> what are you using? Yeah. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> yeah, there was an interview with Sam. Well, I mean, there are a lot of interviews with Sam Raimi, but one of them was talking about um, one of the questions was the actors, like, were they put through hell? Because they have to do a lot of visual stuff. And they were asking primarily about the person that plays, like, the main character. Yeah. 
And he was like, no, like, she was a champ. She, like, never complained about anything. But the person who really carried it was the old woman because she was just doing everything. I know. And she never once complained. And he had nothing but positive things to say about his actors. Good. That's awesome. I, I, like, yeah. I think it's interesting when actors have to do movies like this and it's, like, you're going to be covered in some nasty stuff for so long. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> I think good for them. I think that's... I picture... Uh, I picture Bruce Campbell watching being like, I bet you didn't stay in a cabin with no water. Right. <laughs> I bet you didn't almost get frostbite. <laughs> he probably learned his lesson. Sam was like, all right, we can't yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruce has never stopped complaining. Never stopped. They're probably best buds. And he's just like, Bruce, oh, I get yeah. it. And he's just like, I don't yep. think you do. <laughs> I don't think you do. I but can't feel my pinky toe when it rains. <laughs> only when it rains, though. And he's like, Bruce, it's not <laughs> that bad. Rains, yeah. <laughs> God. But... Those are my notes, I think. I wish it was more, but I still, I'm just so conflicted about the movie because it's so funny. It was so funny. But also, I just never got over that, you know? Like, I wanted yeah. the nastiness to be funnier because the jokes a lot of the time mm. were coming from, like, what people said or, like, like, what was happening, how the people reacted to the stuff, which is funny. But the gore itself, I was like, eh. Uh, it's not even gore. Like, I don't know what to call it. It's not... Yeah. Because it's not gore. There's very little blood. And even when there is, it's, like, self... You know what I mean? It's, like, her bloody nose. Yeah, It's yeah, not, yeah. like, stabbing or murdering. It's... Yeah. So, I don't know what to call it. Gross out factors, I guess. Like... I feel like squick, squick. is kind of what... Yeah, I don't know if that's actually, like, people use it to talk about things that are yeah. gross. But I don't know if it's, like, a descriptor for... Like, it, I don't know if it's used right. in the same manner that gore is. Well, if it is squick, if that's what it is, okay. I, I wish that it had, like, gotten over that little hurdle for me, you know? Yep. The squick hill. Squick hill. It had to uh-huh. be running up that squick hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just watched Stranger Things. <laughs> Good, so you understand yes. where I'm coming from. Not that that's the old. I mean, I have that album. It's not like I only know it from that. I don't want someone to come for me, but no, we I all know that's it where it's from. Placebo covered it, <laughs> and then everyone was like, "Why is Kate Bush's like? Why is it like blowing up?" And then I, yeah. you know, a month after everyone else did, I watched Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> I was, I was like watching an episode and I heard it. And I'm like, God, I love this song. And then everybody was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, it's good, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're all on board now. Thank you, Stranger uh-huh. Things." <laughs> I'm glad that you caught up. Glad you all caught up. <laughs> But yeah, I'm running up that squick hill. Uh, yep. Never ran back down. Never. I just, just tried to make a deal with God. He tried said no. To make a deal with God, and he said, "I just I can't. Best I can do is it, a big bloody." It nose. feels like it's driven by gore, and I'm just, just not feels about like that. It's, okay, it might not be driven by gore, but Sam, it is driven by squick. Okay, yep. you are absolutely piloting this quick mobile, and I think that that's fine. You just have to come to terms with it, sir. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Be honest with yourself. Just and be just honest quick. with this quick. <laughs> Look at me in my eyes and tell me. <laughs> Look me in my eyes and then I'll put one in that woman's mouth. I was going to say, then I'll pop then out. I'll... <laughs> you get it. Uh-huh. But that, that's, that's what I've got. So. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much my notes were the weird things and then, like, the themes of yeah. corruption and change because, like, her outfits go from, yeah. like, very conservative and, like, pastel or, like, neutral tones to she's wearing tight black clothing. And it's like, that's different for you. Right. 
And then at the end, she's like, oh, a nice blue coat. And, you know, it's very much it, dragged to hell. Yeah, it's like a nice subtle thing. But it is it is nice to see her change a little bit. And also her demeanor and, like, the way she carries herself, obviously. And, like, oh, yeah. her personality. Again, heavy-handed. But it's good. Like, she's just yeah. very, like, when that waitress comes over and she's like, I'll give you a tip you never forget. And the waitress is like, fuck, <sighs> all right. Like, oh, God. I just want to leave. <laughs> I yep. mean, she definitely is done, <laughs> which I think is great. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yeah, she's she was just running up that squid hill all night, yes. and she just wants to rest she her feet. Just wants to rest, and that's fair. <laughs> but I loved watching her. I liked watching her progression of being like so mm-hmm. cutesy, and then like I just want to fucking stop. <laughs> so, you know, it's good. It's good. I'm still deciding as we go. I'm gonna decide how I feel, but I'm ready for yeah. Uh, scariest scariest moment. moment. This was hard for me. I just kind of randomly chose a jump scare. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Okay, I think I know which moment I had. I wouldn't say scariest, but the one that like I remember, yeah. like I, I've done before, where it's like it didn't scare me, but then I thought about it later, and I was like, ugh. Um, I really liked the moment at dinner with the family. And she's, like, uh, looking at the cake, and it's, like, turning, a, like, you know, living and stuff. And she's watching, like, other people eat it. And she's, like, ah, like, <laughs> watching her get yep. more nervous and then start screaming. <laughs> Throwing, but yeah. Yep. I just thought that was great. I It, like, unsettled me the most, I guess. Like, there were other stuff. Oh, yeah. But can you imagine just, like, eating something and you're trying to play cool in front of, like, a significant other's parents and you're just like oh my god (laughs) and then there's like that unreliable narrator where like is she about to realize that she baked flies into this cake and so she's like looking it's like are there flies in their cakes and like you have this moment where you're like we really don't know what she might have done like (laughs) truly and i i love that and it's like (sighs) two things to be scared of you know she's so nervous to meet these parents but also there's a demon it's it's funny it's scary it's unsettling it is a good moment so that's mine. Yeah. Mine is uh, one of the hanky scares yeah. when she's driving, and it just, like, hits the windshield. <laughs> Anything that's a sudden noise with the visual gets, it gets it, me, you know? Blow, it, Even though I know it's fucking it coming. It, like, blows away so nicely, and you're like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you I know did. What you did. But, <sighs> yeah, that, that's a good one. The hanky ones were good. I liked those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, does that mean it's time for tropes? It okay. is time for tropes. It's been a while since we've done Would you this, believe? So. <laughs> would you believe that there are a lot of tropes in this film? I, mm, I, I can't <laughs> say I'm too surprised. Yeah. So I wanted to go... I have them in kind of like uh, different subcategories. Mm-hmm. So the first one is just like Sam Raimi Central. Like what are the things that he uses all the time? Scare cords, orifice invasion, <laughs> high pressure blood, flies equal evil... Ice cream, black comedy, and squick. High pressure Like, those blood. are just, like, core. That's one of my favorite trope names. <laughs> High pressure blood. It's <laughs> very funny. Uh, da, da, da. And then this one isn't exactly one that he has used before, but I think that it fits, like, the tone of his, and it's anvil on head. It's typically a slapstick trope, right. and it's rarely fatal, because it's usually, like, Roadrunner drops right. an anvil on Wiley e. Coyote, and then, you know, the cartoon must go on, and so he's way. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you might, like, accordion for a bit, but then you're just going to keep going. I hate when I accordion. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty uncomfortable. It kind of awkward. Uh, but 
in this case, it's like usually used in absolute slapstick mm-hmm. comedy, like um, uh, the Three Stooges yeah. or like actual cartoons. But in this case, it's like smack dab in the middle of a fight. And it's just like the ridiculous levels off the charts in a way that I was like, okay. I was like, <laughs> was like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I felt that was like pretty in line with Sam Raimi's general style, even if he doesn't often have anvils. Right. Okay. And then let's see. There are two, at least, mm-hmm. hell tropes. Uh, there are probably more, but the two that I saw were dragged off to mm-hmm. hell and easy road to hell. Right. And dragged off to hell is just a death trope. So there are so many different ways to die. And so there are death tropes for many of them. Right. And dragged off to hell is kind of like the fate worse than death. Like, yeah, you're dying, but also eternal damnation and torture. Literally dragged there. And then uh, the next one is easy road to hell. Mm-hmm. So even the smallest things will take you to hell. It's like you didn't pay your parking meter or you, what is it? Have you ever seen The Good Place? Yeah. I have only seen a few episodes, mm-hmm. but I feel like people have shared this gift set where she's talking about, like, she's seeing people that she thought would be in the good place. Right. And they're like, wait, I did this. And he's like, but did you know that early down the line there was slave labor involved in this flower bouquet? Right. And so it's part, like, no ethical consumption under capitalism. Right. And then part, like, everyone's going to that Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are two hell tropes. Uh, let's see. There were some classic horror mm-hmm. tropes. So battle in the rain. Yeah. It has to be dramatic. There must be mud. Uh, cell phones are useless. If cell phones exist in the universe in the time, they have to at some point fail right. you. Right. And so at one point, like, she has her flip phone and she looks at it and the battery drains before her eyes. And then a clearer image than would ever be on a flip phone <laughs> appears. I know. And I was like, that's how I know this is fake. I was like, bullshit. <laughs> I played centipede on a flip phone. You can't fool me. You hate centipedes. Dang. You're so brave. I know, right? <laughs> you know, when it's just tiny boxes making other you boxes, can deal you with know? It. I can deal with it. Uh, conceptual centipede is not as scary to me. Yeah. Uh, we also have a cruel twist ending. Oh, yeah. And then this is for emphasis, bitch. And <laughs> that trope is anytime someone ends a sentence with comma, bitch. Because it's <laughs> to be used for emphasis. <laughs> and it has become a discredited trope because it became so overused. Oh, yeah. And uh, so now it is mostly like used for comedy or like intentionally being like, huh, isn't it dumb that we use this right. trope? But it's funny though. Uh, so that's, this is for emphasis, bitch. That's uh, so good. And then we have just a few tropes that I thought were interesting. So. Um, exactly what it says on the tin mm-hmm. is the title says what's going to happen. It's true. <laughs> she is going to be dragged to hell. And then everyone's like, well, surely she won't be dragged no, no, to no, hell no. because the title says that she'll be dragged to hell. And so you go through <laughs> the entire film and then the last 30 seconds, like, oh, she's dragged to hell. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who thunk, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have these two that are, these are my last two. They're often paired together mm-hmm. to like just really get you, mm-hmm. but Hope Spot, we right. talked about, where you have that moment where it's like, oh, the light in the descent. Oh, nope. Okay. Never mind. I've been tricked. <laughs> and <laughs> I have been bamboozled. Uh, so the Despair Event Horizon. I have a direct quote mm-hmm. for Despair Event Horizon from TV Tropes. So it's the line that once crossed destroys any last remaining sense of hope. It could be for a cause, a person, a situation, or just simply survival. 
a character has given up on it and there is no going back. It can lead soldiers to despair. It can turn an ideal hero into an anti-hero or an outright villain, or even in some cases, vice versa. It is a vital element of tragedy. And coming near this line yeah. is quite common in fiction. So frequently at the end of this, this is still a direct mm-hmm. quote, uh, Frequently at the end of the second act or the 45-minute mark of a drama or the first hour of a film, the protagonist comes dangerously close to the edge before a rousing speech right. or deus ex machina or the like comes along. It makes for a downer ending if the protagonist does fall over the edge. <laughs> and it may be preceded by a hope spot just to really twist the knife. <laughs> and a downer ending might follow in really dark stories. <laughs> yes. So guess which one guess this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gets dragged over the despair event horizon. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Those are my tropes. Those are great. I, I'm coming around. Like, the more I, yeah. <laughs> the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, that's ah, pretty good. Like, <laughs> do you want to hear one of the runners up tropes that I didn't include just because, like, it's very straightforward? Yeah. Sadly, mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> the misuse of myths. <laughs> so stupid. I love it. <laughs> God. Anyway, those are now my those tropes. Are good. <laughs> those are good tropes. I always like the tropes. Thank you. I feel like sometimes the tropes really bring me back around on a movie. What was the other one? Yeah. Black Christmas. That was oh, the other one where I was God. like, I don't like this. And then we like talked mm-hmm. and talked and talked with Caroline. <laughs> Caroline was like really smart and I was like dang (laughs) it really just just took convincing it's like I needed someone to grab my hand and kind of like lead me along and then it's like oh yeah I'm here pretty much like I was like a lost kid in Walmart I needed someone to be like come on it's okay and I was like I don't know where my mom is and then I found her um yeah so now we just have to choose a rating scale Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and well, there's just so many things to choose from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, bodily fluids. Uh, uh, gentle chin gummings. <laughs> oh, God, the chin gummings. <laughs> Combat staplers. <laughs> Combat uh, staplers. You really have to go into this movie with an open heart and an open mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Innocently open mouth. <laughs> Just open your mind, your hearts, and your mouths to this film. Yep. <laughs> that's the tagline. Yep. I did it for you. Oh my god, that's that's perfect. You should make your own cover, like an alternative cover I for the I film. Really yeah. I. Oh uh, god. I re- was it gentle chin gummings. Gentle gumming? chin gummings. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> it was pretty gentle. It was, like, she really was just like, like <laughs> she went at her with. I don't know, not that much rage in her heart at that point. <laughs> More just like vague displeasure. Yeah. Gentle. Um, yeah, so. You want to go with that one? <laughs> I mean. Yes, let's. How can you not, you know? Right. Okay, I think okay. I got mine. I'm going to move your, okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I've given it three and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it three and a half because, like, I want to give it less, but then the jokes, the hang in there, baby, 
and the the nose and the mouth blood Ooh. like it's just funny <laughs> yeah it's just the the cat like obviously i can't even say it without laughing out loud i, just, I don't know where cats are like they come and they go <laughs> it's the worst excuse (laughs) like it to me was like the length of time the long silence where she's like (laughs) (laughs) like, she's clearly thinking and here's the best part not only does she sit there and think for so long gives the world's worst answer but then he just is like okay (laughs) so it's like he's like oh yeah (laughs) so it's very funny and um i'm giving it three and a half specifically (laughs) for the fact that I can't think of those lines without laughing out loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if it had, if it had gotten, if they had made mention of the squick and all the stuff, and like if she mm. had made some jokes about it always being in her mouth, I probably would have come back around on it, you know? Um, yeah. Cause like, I can't be mad. Like it served a purpose. Its purpose was to be ridiculous. It did that. So it's like, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? But I was like, eh, it just wasn't... It, the joke didn't land for me as much. But the other ones did, so I'm on board. <laughs> yep, yep. So, and then obviously, I mean, I'm not going to go any higher. It was pretty racist. It's, it's guys, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like this is kind of a thing from early 2000s, too. Because, like... And it's still a thing. People are very, like... They throw around some pretty, like, harsh, Awful anti-Romani, stars. like, stuff. Like, it's... yeah. It is one of the, it's weird to me that it's, like, not recognized as, like, offensive for a lot of people still. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but then again, as we say with most movies, is, like, everything is bad these days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's okay to Mm -hmm. still like something. If you give this movie a five, I'm not saying you shouldn't because of that. (laughs) It's very ridiculous and a very fun movie. Yeah, uh, so I give it three gentle chin gummings because first off, like just what you said, the anti-Romani slurs, I'm like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And uh, part of me is like, if it was a more recent film and they chose to do that, then I would think it was intentionally lampooning racism. Yeah. But it was from like the mid two thousand, like two thousand nine, and like no, that was just them being the mysticism around it has always been a thing. Like yeah, in movies yeah. that is like their go to. It, it's rough. So yep. Uh, so the stereotypes, the slurs, not here yeah. for it. Uh, and then there are like the scenes that you mention are ones that are like laugh out loud funny that I like lost my shit over. So. Those scenes, I would watch like a compilation of some of my favorite scenes, and I feel like out of context, they're not as funny because it's like the build up to all yeah, of it is what that. really makes it. You need it, and so it's like I agree where it's one of those films that you would enjoy more watching with someone yeah. else, where you can like engage with it like as a group or like bounce jokes off each right. other. Like to me, that's how it should be enjoyed. But watching it alone, it's just I don't know. I wouldn't watch it again. No alone like and so it's like i can't really it's not a movie that i enjoyed enough to keep watching it's something that i would watch for the experience with other people Uh, yeah and it's also just not my type of film same (laughs) like it's just not my type of thing still not bad yeah yeah so i'm not as we often say like we're not saying you can't like it it's just like we like different types of movies and like my top movie is obviously something like cabin in the woods right and so like this is just very different from that and you know my favorite is like 
things like Annihilation. Could not oh. be more different. I just, I uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I like a buck wild, you know, artsy weird shit. I don't know. What can I say? <laughs> I'm pretentious I as like, hell. I don't know. I like ridiculous things mixed with wry humor. Yes. And also like self, not self-acknowledgement, but self-awareness yeah. and like subversion and irony. I like a lot of things, I know. I, I like a lot of things. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like keep like, listing them. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Basically... <laughs> I mean, for this movie to not be a a movie that I'm super into and to still, like, enjoy it as much as I did, I think that's that's cool. I think that it, like... Oh, yeah. I think it teeters on, like... (laughs) Tee. Sorry. But it does. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't... I just saw my way forward. I, like, like said it and something (laughs) took over. I don't know where I went there. Um, But it toes the line of like genres where i'm like i don't know what the fuck this movie is i don't know what i would classify it other than funny and yeah gross (laughs) yeah but for that not being you know my most favorite it's pretty good so yeah and if you like this movie i get it (laughs) like it makes sense yeah very campy very funny Mm mm-hmm so that's a total of six and a half half. gentle chin gummings Which can carry you through a few scenes, you know? I wouldn't want... I wouldn't even want one. <laughs> I don't want someone to... Yeah. I can't decide... Yeah, I'd probably tap out at one chin gumming. I can't decide what would be worse. Just biting mm. or the gumming? Like... Because at least the with biting, I know, right? Like, biting, I know what to expect. Yeah. I've been bit, and I know what it feels like. But if someone came at me with just their gums, I truly just would not know what to expect. Um, <sighs> but yeah. So that's yeah. six and a half. Yeah, so more teeth gummings than we would personally like to experience, but a good amount for this film. A good amount for this film. I think I, yeah. I think we've been so, quite generous. Yes, very generous with our gummings. Oh. So <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of Drag Me to Hell. I think so. If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us, and it's also just cool to see what you say. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week. And then we have some other posts throughout the week. So, like, uh, our ghoulish weekend tip, uh, learn from the movie, and out-of-context quote, Mm -hmm. I wonder what we'll choose this week. (laughs) I don't know. There are some good ones. (laughs) There are some options there. You can also check out our extended show notes on our website, justghoolwithitpod.com, or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justghoolwithit. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons, Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Woo! Nikki had to watch where I am pointing one of my very long fingernails and closing one of my eyes trying to read a screen. I love those fingernails. I miss having long <laughs> Thank nails. Thank you. The mine are nasty. Um, uh, typing has been very hard, and hard. my entire job is to type to people. It's hard. So, yeah, I've been struggling. I saw your nails, and I was <laughs> I love like, them, but... I've been there. I know your pain. Yep. Yep. so hard oh man um but they have eyeballs on them and they're kind of spanky they are, they're very pretty yeah um yeah love those the patrons they int- didn't pick this one did they not yet no no no, no they chose green room okay yes our, we have a super yeah, special theme next month we do i'm excited our should we say it now or are we waiting i don't look at me <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we just look at each other let's save let's it let's save it let's save it yeah I want the patrons to be the first one. Oh, yeah. Our schedule's been a little whack, and I'm sorry. It is because, again, I don't know if you guys have heard. <laughs> <laughs> I had COVID. 
<laughs> have I mentioned it enough yet? So yeah. Sorry, our schedule was a little funky. But we're getting there. We're getting back. I'm really excited for next month. Yes. That's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm going to make that meme where it's the guy at the party and it's like, no one here knows. And it's Nikki and all the no listeners. No one knows that it's COVID. Like, no one- <laughs> yes, we do. You've said it so many times. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Oh, well, thank fuck. The week's almost over. Uh, I, I am struggling. I, I get it. Well, the intro and outro music. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccasella. The cover, it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. I heard she is <laughs> She's so brave. I heard she's. I hope she's okay. Best I can do is a big bloody nose.